Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy ocean news of the week. This is a fun one brought to you by Only One, and I love the background photo. Look at that silly looking see-through flounder. Oh, he's so derpy. With the two eyes on one side of his head and his mouth is open. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, breaking news, more than 5,000 new species were discovered in a Pacific uh, deep sea mining hotspot. So, like happy news that there's 5,000 new species were discovered there, which is ridiculous how little yeah. we know about deep sea areas, but it isn't a deep sea mining hotspot. And you know, that's going to be really difficult to like get people to stop mining because we love our money. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a happy, sad news. Yeah. So 5, this is thousand new species, 5,000. This is in the Clarion Clipperton zone, an area um, that is earmarked for exploitation by mineral firms. Okay. Yeah. So, Any idea how big that area is, you think? Um, I didn't really see too much about it, um, but pretty much just like the amount of biodiversity in such a big area, obviously they'll be impacted by the sound. Yeah, and big time. Mining is loud in the deep. It's ridiculous. Oh, and 5,000 species, that's, gonna, that's not going to not affect way more. Yeah, 5,000. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. I love that. I want to go down there in a little, little submarine. Oh, I would love to go deep, deep, deep See sea. that like, weird yeah. little flounder looking at me out of two eyeballs on one side of his head. Can you imagine <laughs> looking over and be like, uh, uh. Where, why are both your eyes on the same side? Right. Well, speaking about weird animals, um, it is freshwater June, and we decided to highlight the animals that don't get a whole lot of love, especially lake animals. Mostly animals that don't get a lot of love from us. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, lake animals, because we just don't, I we're like not ocean. lake people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so today I am talking about the Japanese giant salamander. I just picture like a salamander I can ride. Pretty much. It's really? Just like a, it's like the size of like a corgi, a little bit bigger than a corgi oh, salamander. No. And they look just like a, a salamander. <laughs> That's bananas. <laughs> yeah. You'll see the farmers like lifting them out of like the little bogs and stuff. And it looks like you're holding a dog. Oh. But it's a salamander. I love this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. So the Japanese giant salamander, for those of you who aren't looking them up, first of all, look them up, um, has a long, flat, elongated body. Their skin is colored gray or brown on the top and is slightly paler on the underside. Um, they're a little bit wrinkly, uh, and these wrinkles help to increase the surface area of the body, giving more opportunities for gas to transfer across the skin. So kind of uh, like if we're in the water, we get wrinkly for our grip. Yeah. They get wrinkly for gas. That's cute. I know. Um, on the head and neck, uh, the skin is covered with many wart-like bumps. Ew. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, it just looks like rough. It's not like... No, not warts. Yeah. It's just wart-like. And bumps. <laughs> exactly. Um, so their legs are short, and both the fore and the hind limbs are the same length. Uh, the eyes are incredibly small and have no eyelid. They're, they're like a giant axolotl with a oh. flat tail that matches the head. That's exactly what I picture, but without the like external gills. Exactly. Oh. It's really what it looks like. Um, on average, Japanese giant salamanders measure up to uh, 1.4 meters, which is 4.6 feet. That's so big. I know. What? It's like a teenager 
<laughs> like 4.6 feet. Like that's, a, I know a couple of junior hires that are that yeah. tall. Um, and they can weigh about 23 kilograms, which is 55 pounds. So they're not as heavy as you'd expect them to be for being so long. Yeah, that is kind of light. It's because of their tail. Aww. Yeah. Uh, this makes them, <laughs> wait for it, I didn't know this or else I would have researched the other one. The Chinese giant, uh, this makes them the second largest salamander in the world after the Chinese giant salamander, which is just slightly bigger. Uh, I know, okay. but it just, it didn't show up anywhere. Apparently we just, I guess, know more about the Japanese giant salamander. That's super interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't study the largest one, but I thought I did. <laughs> Maybe we can yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> look it up later. Um, so they are carnivores. They feed on fish, insects, crustaceans, and small mammals. Ooh, do they stick their tongue out to grab it? I don't know. Imagine them, like, chomping on a squirrel. That's too much. Yeah. It's like an alien world in a movie. Yeah. Like, that's the monster they come up in with. In Japan. In Japan. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, on the head of the salamander, they have a range of bumps, which are actually sensory organs they can use to sense food. It's hmm. useful as they have very poor eyesight. Like I said, their eyes are tiny and they don't even have an eyelid. Uh, they have negative pressure in their mouth, which is used to suck food in. So they're not licking it or anything. They're just going. Oh. But imagine if you're a little squirrel just enjoying your day and then you're eaten by a giant salamander. Yeah, it's cute when it's like leaf size. It's not fun when it's teenager size. Yeah. Ooh. Um, they also can go several weeks between meals. So they're kind of like an opportunistic predator okay just like if there's something there they're gonna eat it um as the name suggests obviously the native home is going to be in japan uh they are found in the south of the country through honshu uh kusyu and shikoku japanese giant salamanders live in a fast flowing they like uh fast flowing rivers which are cold and provide an abundance of oxygen mm. so they like they like a quick river okay uh, typically, the base of these rivers is covered with rocks or gravel, and they'll hide under the large rocks during the day. Yeah. I want to find... Actually, I don't know if I want to find one. That'd be They're really, really freaking. <laughs> uh, breeding takes place in autumn from August to October. The male will occupy a den within a cavern or burrow. They are aggressive in their efforts to gain a den and defend this, and males um, may die in the process of defending their new little houses. Oh, no. Yeah, they fight hard. <laughs> With what? Their mouths. <laughs> just hung down, I guess. Um, males dig a spawning pit, which is a hole in which the females will deposit their eggs, and the male will then fertilize those eggs. Uh, multiple females may lay their eggs in the same pit. At the same time, the male can fertilize all of them at once. So there is a really great like genetic diversity, because they all just like plop their little eggs in the same hole and then leave, and then he'll come over to that hole and... Uh, drop a sperm in there that's so efficient it's so efficient right <laughs> okay right just put it in a hole meet it here yeah you know i'll take care of it right <laughs> uh once the female deposits the eggs they leave um and it is then the responsibility of the male to protect the eggs he will stay with the eggs for the next 60 days and protect them from predation predators of eggs include fish and other adult salamanders oh my gosh rude right salamanders yeah man um, a total of up to 500 eggs may be laid. The eggs resemble, they look kind of like a string of beads or like a, a pearl string. Uh, the eggs hatch between 40 and 60 days with the length of time determined by temperature of the water that they're incubating in. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, as an amphibian, the Japanese giant salamander hatches as a larva, so similar to how frogs uh, hatches tadpoles. 
they have gills to breathe, uh, which they will lose at three years old, at which point they begin to breathe through their skin. What? Yeah, so they don't need gills anymore because they breathe through their skin. That's what I want. I don't want to, like, grow gills. I just want to breathe through my skin. Yeah, I feel like we researched something else that breathes the through The snake skin. through his forehead. Oh, that's right, the weird yeah. stuff. Okay. Reptiles. That's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder what that transition is like. I don't know. It must like, feel weird. It's got to feel weird. Yeah. I wonder if it's, like, overnight and they're like, uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, I can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, let's see. So, like I said, they lose those gills at three years old, at which point they begin to breathe through their skin. It may take up to 10 years for them to reach their full adult size. 10 years? Yeah, they're a slow-growing salamander. Huh. Um, sexual maturity is achieved at five years old, so they might still be growing. Kind of like, a, you know, again, like human teenagers. Like, yeah. they still got a little bit of growing to do, but... Don't do it, guys! <laughs> but I'm just saying, in terms of how their body changes. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, like I said, at five years old, males may need to reach a larger size to be able to successfully mate as they need to be able to fight for a den. So sometimes the females can lay the eggs before the males can actually um, drop their sperm in those little holes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Uh, they are a nocturnal species. So just imagine that coming out at night. <laughs> uh, yeah, they rest during the day under those rocks and then in the evening they emerge at night to feed. Uh, they do maintain a home range with those for males and females overlapping. So kind of like a crocodile will like, there'll be a couple of females in the male's area, but there probably won't be a whole lot of males in the same area. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the main threat to the adult Japanese salamander is humans. <laughs> Obviously. Of course. Do you want to guess why though? Oh, is it because we're like a afraid of them and they, they get eat them. do they get hunted they eat them yeah can you imagine looking at that and thinking oh that looks delicious i'm gonna have salamander tonight yeah no yeah no it does not look like a yummy food to eat okay um, so i guess it's a bigger animal over there maybe that just yeah like a bigger meal i wonder what it tastes it's like it's a traditional delicacy um, they obviously also come under threat for the building of dams in their habitat in the introduction of the invasive species, which is the larger Chinese giant salamander. Because remember, they fight each other during mating time. Um, and the Chinese giant one is invasive in Japan. Uh, their skin color does help them to blend in, which does help with avoiding predation. Uh, but again, there's only so much they can do if they love a fast-flowing river and it's been dammed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see when, oh, this is weird. Uh, when under threat, they can exude a milky like substance from their skin. Uh, the benefits <laughs> of this is unknown, but we think maybe it's toxic to predators, but they haven't like, it's not toxic to humans apparently, or else we would know that. Oh my gosh. We don't know what it does. Uh -uh. We're just like, Ooh, scared him. And he's all milky now. Ew. Yeah. Right. What? I know. <laughs> um, like many amphibians in the world, the Japanese giant salamander has contracted a critic fungus, and this is spreading throughout the population. Uh-oh. So you remember our, like, shroom episode? Yeah. Yeah, it's a fungus that's, like, killing them. So you oh. gotta be... They have a lot of different threats from being a delicacy to dams to mushrooms. These poor buddies. Are people taking care of them? Um, I mean, I didn't really find a lot. I just found that they were threatened. Oh, no. Yeah, so... Protect the salamanders. Protect the salamanders. Don't eat them. Yeah. Because also, ew. I know. Yeah. I don't know about eating them. I know. It just doesn't seem like... I wouldn't look at that animal and think... Like, you know what I mean? A beautiful looking fish, your body, like, responds to that. Like, oh, that could be delicious. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if you look at a 
warty giant salamander and be like, mmm. I'm, I'm gonna cook that. Yum. I don't know about that. That's, uh, I feel like eating any kind of reptile to me is just not really on the. Yeah, if I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's pretty yeah. much it. But it is different culture, so I guess we don't. Yeah, if it's just like readily available in your backyard and that's just what you grew up with, you know. Oh, I want to see one. Yeah, I'll show you pictures. Okay, I will. That's Let's really Let's look fun. it up. Giant salamanders. Giant salamanders. Blake and Chelsea here. Want to bring the magic of Save the Mermaids into everyday life? If you're visiting the island of Oahu, then come diving with us. I am a PADI certified mermaid instructor and offer mermaid classes from ages six to adult. If you've ever dreamed of being a person, these classes are a great way to learn safely, try a tale for the first time, or deepen your existing skill set. Learn breathing techniques, mermaid tricks, how to swim in a tail in monofin, and more. You'll learn some ocean facts, conservation tricks, and spend the entire time smiling and making other people smile too. And if you're looking for a deep sea adventure, come on a pelagic shark dive with me. I'm a dive master and shark safety diver for Go Adventure Hawaii in the iconic North Shore town of Haleiwa. On this two hour tour, we will free dive with some of the top predators in the ocean, such as the Galapagos sharks, sandbars, tiger sharks. But remember, this is a cageless shark snorkel, so you must be comfortable in open water and deep sea conditions. Can't dive with us in person, but still wanna show your support? then please go to www.mermaidconservation.com, click on the episodes tab and click on the support the podcast button to donate or write us a review on our podcast page of your Apple podcast app. We really appreciate your continued support that allows us to bring the magic of Save the Mermaids to you every single week. We truly could not do what we do without you. Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Thank you.